I'm Matt Weston, and this evening I'm joined by the Matilda to my professional Leon, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing okay. I'm a little bothered that you said that, but I still feel like you find me attractive, but you're not willing to do anything because you are a professional. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right tonight. And, and how are you? And you're also 12 years old in this metaphor as well, too. Um, if you don't know Die Hard Chris from the website... Me and him talk about movies sometimes, and uh, he recommended for me to watch Leon the Professional, and he's recommended this to me multiple times after I've watched Dracula. I'm on a Gary Oldman kick right now. I'm all about the Gary right now. And uh, so I watched it, and I was like, I thought Dracula was the most disgusting movie I've ever seen, because in that movie, there's like this weird prosthetic nipple. There's like a bloody werewolf creature. Um... There's but like the Dracula is disgusting in it too. Like he's he has blood all over his mouth, and Winona Ryder kisses him on the mouth as he's dying. It's disgusting. And then I watched Leon Professional. Like this is actually the most disgusting movie I've ever seen. Uh, you know that you okay? Just like we talked about, everything about the movie is fine. Just the relationship between him and a twelve-year-old girl is not okay. But he doesn't ever cross the line, which is why it's okay. Just everything about the film just screams, this isn't right. So. Yeah, well, it's it's the only time the relationship's gross is whenever he puts a thumb towards her mouth as he's like, go, go, go. And I'm like, you don't need to do that at all. But like, the action scenes are awesome. Leon's awesome. I'm going to start drinking six glasses of milk every day to get strong. I'm only doing sit-ups for the rest of my life. No more running. No more you know, shoulder presses. No more push-ups. Just sit-ups. That's the only thing I'm ever doing ever again. I just think it would have been awesome if somehow, so I don't know what the actor's name is, but if they would have taken that Leon the Professional character and that's what he was in the Godzilla 2000 movie, I think that would have made Godzilla 2000. He pretty much is. He plays the same character in our movie. Exactly. He's like a quiet French hitman. Exactly. Why wouldn't you just call him Leon? And if you did, Godzilla 2000 is a step better. I like I like Godzilla 2000, but that's me at nine years old or 10 years old. No, you don't like it. You should rewatch that movie. I'm not going to rewatch it. I loved, so- I loved it when I was 10. It was awesome. See, you're watching good movies these days. Dude, I'm watching terrible movies. I'm going that route. You Why should not? watch Godzilla 2000 then. I, that's actually probably on my list. So the other <laughs> night, I tell you, what I watched while the lady was out and about, I watched Cheaper by the Dozen. Two or the first one? Just the first one. And by the way, I don't have a problem with it. Like, I just don't. I can have that movie on in a background, and I feel okay whether I'm playing a game, I'm just hanging out. But there's something wrong with Cheaper by the Dozen. I Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever saw that movie. Did they make another one just like it, though, at the same time? Is it because your life is Cheaper by the Dozen? Is that no. one? What was the other? But they made another movie just like that with a family of 12. That's an example of the collective unconsciousness right there. Well, they did the same thing whenever there was the Friends with Benefits times two. Exactly. Funes and Ashton Kutcher and What's-Her-Face, which, by the way... Which one's better? 
it no, it showed who you thought was the better couple. Which one do you like more personally? But that's different because JT and Milo, bro, you're never gonna beat that. Okay. Like, you're gonna beat that. Well, I nope. mean, that's a good example of the collective unconsciousness though that we were talking about earlier. I guess, and cheaper by the dozen. I can't even remember the other film's name. Can you? No idea, but Dennis Quaid's in it. Exactly, and I remember that too. I I don't even know. I know the main woman's a brunette, but I have nothing else with that film, man. Well, we'll look it up. But if you're a listener, hold that thought. We'll get yeah. we'll get to, we'll I solve this mystery by the end of it. Because we need to talk about the 2020 NFL draft. And look, I know we've spent all week writing about the prospects the Texans have drafted at the website. I know you've read every set of uh, draft grades. I know you watched the entire draft last weekend and watched Roger Goodell change clothes and hear the same sad stories about you know these people's uh, parents. The funniest tweet I saw was like, ran at 4, 640, uh, has 10 in chance, father died choking on a chicken bone. And it was like, and they did it the year before too. It's like, everything has to be so sad and they have to come from all this conflict, you know? It's like, we don't need it. Let them in. We don't need to hear all this, you know? Um, but I would say they try to make it fun though for everyone being stuck at home. There wasn't a lot of focus on that. I heard ABC was really bad. Oh, see, I didn't watch it. ABC, ABC yeah. was just a funeral is what I heard. That's right. Yeah. See, nobody wants to watch that, which I was expecting the draft to be that way. Which is why when the first round happened, it was more of excitement. It was more like that people were at the draft when people were being drafted. So that was kind of fun, but I'm glad I didn't watch ABC. I can't believe they turned it into a funeral. Yeah, her's just Tom Rinaldi just being like, yeah, and this is a beautiful young man today <laughs> celebrating the greatest day of his life. And I, I bet he's really thinking about his mother who passed away when he was three years old. Um, and she, she died whenever... She was a post. Uh, she worked for the post office, and a pit bull chased her down and ripped her throat out. And I know her. His mother would be very proud of him today for being the 171st selection in the 2020 NFL draft. And the kid's just like crying and happy, you know, and so glad to get the call from the Detroit Lions. It would have been so amazing if he somehow found a story of every single player that was just horrible about a family member or somebody they were close to that just died in a horrific accident. I, I, that's pretty much, and it was like that the year before too. Uh, but I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't sit there and watch it like that. I played a lot of simulation baseball at the ninth through Rangers and had to uninstall the game so I could get my life back. But today's going to be our turn to talk about the 2020 NFL draft because we haven't talked about it. We did our mock draft last week. And you beat me three picks to one because you had Joe Burrow and Chase Young. And, and I, I got Derek Brown right. And I got, no, I didn't even get that one right. I can't remember what I got right. But you beat me three to one because you had, you got the first two picks exactly. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm Thank glad you. you had that. I'm glad you had the advantage there. Yeah. Yes. This guy over here won. You know why? It's because you're looking more homeless these days. You have to do so. Are you trying to like look like Jesus Christ himself? That's what you're going for these days. I'm living, I'm living like Puerto Ritaville right now. <laughs> no, it's weird. This mustache is not thick, but it's getting over my lips. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, what is that? And it's like really, my whole face is wet all the time too. What is that? Why is your face? What does that mean? Well, because I haven't turned the AC on once this year. So I'm just like sweating in my house. I'm just wet all the time. I love it though. It's 90 degrees in Texas now, Matt. It's 82 in my house. It's perfect. Oh, oh. <laughs> you want to come oh. over tomorrow? No, I'm never coming over. You're going to bring a jacket. My house is at 72. Ugh. Ugh. 
Um, but for tonight's show, we're going to go through some NFL draft awards. So the first award that we have here is best draft. This is one of your awards for tonight. So who did you think had the best draft in the 2020 NFL draft? Which draft was the best draft out of the draft that was drafted last week? Dude, I picked this topic because I'm biased. It's Dallas Cowboys. I know everybody's just, oh, well, you're a Cowboy fan. That's your reason why you chose this team. No, no, no. I was not expecting the draft that they had. They drafted guys from CD, the Trayvon Diggs. They drafted Gail Moore. They drafted Robinson. They drafted our center. Was it Tyler Biadas from Wisconsin? Either way, I know the last name. All I knew, it was a he center Wisconsin. That's what I enjoyed. It was me replacing my Frederick, who was from Wisconsin. I love Frederick. Him. It's a shame. This is... They trusted those type of guys where I didn't expect them. Even Bradley and A in the fifth, which, by the way, spoiler alert, that's one of your questions. But that's just – they drafted guys that I don't that like I, a name. It, it's He's still, a good like – it, I don't like him, but like a fifth-round pick from him is perfectly fine. Stop it. We'll talk about him later, damn it. So – that because that's one of your topics. But either way, for me, this was the team because they got all the needs. They added to the offense, which was just a bonus, but they got the needs that I felt like was able to fulfill the holes that were missing from last year. Now going into this year, the surprise was losing the center. We have that now. I was really excited for and Dallas. Looney's good too. I like Looney. Yeah, that's everything was just perfect there. And I I was really surprised. And also, it goes back to all the haters with Mike McCarthy not believing that he could be the coach. Now for me. I think this was a lot of McCarthy more than Jerry and Steven. Hmm. This was too perfect for me. I'll put it to you that way. It was too perfect of a draft for me not to say that the new head coach had to say. Yeah. I asked the, uh, like everybody writes on the website. We were talking in the discord during, I think the second round of the first round of the draft. And I asked if the Texans fired O'Brien and signed Mike McCarthy, would you be happy? And I know I didn't get like a real conclusive answer. Everybody was just like, yeah, I really just have a gut in my mouth is what they said. So even though it'd be a similar, because like Dallas and Houston came through the same situation, I didn't get a really strong answer, but I know that you, you're you excited for the McCarthy era. I, I like Dallas' drafts a lot. What? Will you say that? Wait till you get rid of Bill. You don't understand. This is all this comes Oh, I down. know. And then I'll eventually you hate whoever it is in three that years. what feeling is like, and then come talk to me saying you don't want McCarthy. Get rid of that weight and then say, oh, I don't like my new guy. Dude, I'm going to give the new guy a shot. I yeah. am so excited because it's a new yeah. guy. I get people don't like because he's fat boy and all, but he's my fat boy. He's been studying <laughs> on couch all last season. You know that he used to work in a toll booth on the Pennsylvania Turnbike? He's a Turnbike troubadour. Yeah. Remember, that was all I remember about the 2010 Packers Super Bowl run. Oh, Mike McCarthy went from working to a toll booth to win a Super Bowl championship. You can't I get better like, than that, folks. I feel like McCarthy really was destined to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And that's not even to say, oh, he's destined to win, this, this. No, no, no. I think he's just destined because why does he remind me so much of, like, Jerry Jones' best friend? Like, this would be the guy that if Jerry's like, I have a best friend. Oh, who is it? It's Mike. Like, that's the guy that he would point to every time. That's what I'm just so kind of shocked about. But that's where the draft made me so surprised. I couldn't believe everything we got. I even told you after the first round with getting CD, I go, I don't like it. I love I it. I love CD there. But I didn't get my need. 
And that's where I was upset with you. But then I get my needs in the later rounds, which I wasn't expecting them to do. There was no overreaching. It was played perfect for me. Yeah. CD's, uh, CD's awesome. It's like, oh, what if uh, Tavon Austin actually could play professional football in an efficient way? And I think he would just fill in and do exactly what Rayon Cobb did last year, but do it about a thousand times better. Well, we'll again, we'll, we'll get more into CD later on. Who's your team? Um, well, I, the other thing I want to say about Dallas's draft, I love Gallimore. The only pick I didn't like they made was Trayvon Diggs. And like I know he was expecting in the first round. I just watched him get get burned a lot in man coverage in Alabama. And I think he recognizes routes kind of slow too. And so like, I don't know. I know he ran well and all that stuff. I just think he's going to have a rough go at in the NFL. Let me ask you this though. Was anybody, were you truly confident in any real cornerback? I don't have an opinion. I just know about, I watched Diggs. I just didn't like Diggs. But I'll even put it to this way. It was a McKinnon, I believe, when he was in the first round still. And I was still kind of upset with the cornerback because I was like, well, maybe we should go that route. And then when they drafted CD, I was like, well, I don't know if I like the wide receiver versus having that cornerback still sitting there. But it seemed like all the cornerbacks dropped. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that anybody was really confident. And then they started getting picked there in the second round. So not only was Dallas Wayne, but other teams were. It just I didn't think the draft worked out to what a lot of teams expected it to be. And it got to the point where – for me, there were panic picks going on because they go, oh, oh no, I didn't know what's going on. And then there were teams that just took advantage of the guys dropping. Yeah. I, it was a lot of mixture of both for me. I don't think anybody just had a okay one. Mm-hmm. I was either good or bad. Well, that's how the draft was last year, too. I mean, this year, there was a few more cornerbacks taking the first round. But last year, DeAndre Baker was the only corner taking the first round. And then, like, seven went right away in the second round. And this draft kind of works a little bit like that. But there was another corner selected after Dallas took theirs until Tennessee took Christian Fulton at 61 at the end of the second. Uh, my favorite draft, that was Minnesota. So if you talk about like just filling in needs that they had, and like the problem with Minnesota, of course, is that Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. I was going to say, <laughs> but, you know, needs me with that quarterback. Yeah, it's, that's the hard part about it. <laughs> uh, but they traded Stephon Diggs, and they got Justin Jefferson, who I think we'll be able to play immediately, and I think he'll be able to work off of Adam Thielen pretty quickly. And I think he may be able to get along with Kirk Cousins for you know two years or whatever, three years, however long Kirk's going to be there. Um, they lost both their cornerbacks and Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. They drafted Gladney at the end of the first round too. They also picked up an offensive tackle in Ezra Cleveland. They got Dantzler, and uh, Dantzler is kind of one of the sleeper guys we talked about on the website, like a really physical outside cornerback. And Mike Zimmer's always done such a really great job getting the most out of his cornerbacks. And, you know, what happened with Waynes and Rhodes is they just got kind of old, you know. And there's only so long you can play that position really well. And once you're, like, kind of 28, 29, um, and your athleticism gets zapped, you don't really get get a lot after that. I think James Lynch was a good value pick, too, even though he, he had a lot of sacks, but they were kind of like, oh, I'm playing against a team that's thrown the ball 55 times, and I have one good pass rush in, in those 55 snaps. And they also just took a lot of players. Minnesota took a lot of players. No, and that's what I was going to say. I think that if you're going off of the depth category, yes, that's exactly what they were there for. It's just... You know how many players they took? I wasn't blown away. 15. They took 15 guys. I wasn't blown away, though. They had three fourth-round picks. They're just going off of depth with... That's that's why, in my opinion, I agree with you. They at least had one of the top three drafts. They just got so many guys that obviously somebody has to work out really well for them. I, 
I don't know. I just I kind of went off of the show. Yeah. I went off of the spectacular. I went off of who kind of is just going to – who has a better upside for me? I just think they go off of one of these guys. I'm going to throw so much crap at the wall. One of it has to stick. I guess so. And, but they feel like their four biggest needs, their first four picks, and they got a lot of good value at their picks too. They feel a quarterback? No, no quarterback. No quarterback. Oh, no, they, yeah. yeah, they got a quarterback. Nate Stanley, round <laughs> seven pick 244 from Iowa. I didn't know that they got a quarterback. Damn it. The Texans signed an undrafted free agent quarterback from, I think, I don't know, Villanova or something. And I was like, okay, he's a white guy. Let me see how tall he is. Six foot five. Good. Of course. Got it. You knew they were going to do that. I, I just. Bill O'Brien loves crappy tall white quarterbacks. I Matt, can I just say this? Can we turn next year into just a Dallas Cowboy podcast? Because I just don't understand. Are you going to make me watch you some Texans games? Yeah, we're going to watch the Texans play next year. I don't know if I want to do this, man. It's kind of like it hurts at this point because I don't know what y'all are doing. I have nothing. I have nothing positive to say. What do you think about the draft? Are you bringing this up later on? Because I have nothing for your draft. Um, we're going to talk about like who we rather see them pick at their, their first spot they pick. But I mean, we, I talked about the draft this week too. And I mean, I think it was fine. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, though. I, I mean, I've talked about this draft, too, multiple times on the show. And, you know, I think it was fine. It was all right. Yeah. But the, fu- the funniest thing about it, though, was there's this report going around that the Texans would have taken Blacklock in the first round. They had a first-round pick. And then it gets been to, we'll see, the Texans training Tunsil didn't affect him this year because they would have taken that guy the first round anyway. It's like, oh, wait, did you know that you could have taken two players? So you could take Blacklock in the first round, and then you could have taken another player in the second round. You know you could do that, right? And it was just so just unbelievably stupid. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Um how how they got spun. But the next award we have here is landing strip. And this is our favorite spot where a player went to. And so for me it's Derek Brown going to Carolina. Uh I'm so glad that he's gonna go there. Carolina lost like the entirety of their front seven. And I think Derek Brown can turn to a Fletcher Cox sort of player. And, you know, Carolina has drafted so many interior defensive linemen that haven't really made like a consistent year-to-year like Pro Bowl sort of impact from like Star Lutule to Vernon Butler to Coney Ely to, you know, Kwan Short. Like these are guys who've had some great seasons here and there uh, to doing nothing at all. And so I think they really found that internal guy in Derek Brown. And also, I think he's just going to look really pretty in silver and teal and everything else, you know? He just looks like a good Carolina player. I guess if that's what you're wanting to go with. with Car- I, what is going to be able to stand out to you with Carolina? What do you feel like that team's going to be able to go? With their draft, because by the way, I think they had a pretty solid draft overall. I liked it. I love gross mottos. But where are they going? When, they want to go anywhere next year. They do have to go somewhere next year. They're gonna you be just, they're gonna be good in twenty one. Of all time, they're gonna have a good offense they next year. For the first time, they're gonna have a good offense next year. They're gonna have a bad pass defense, and they'll be good in two thousand twenty one. Say you're not even betting on this year with them. No, they're just gonna they're gonna be fun. They're gonna score a lot of points. I think. I mean, but though I mean by a lot of points, they're gonna score twenty seven probably. I, to be honest with you, though, I agree. I just think it's a great landing spot because with Carolina, everybody's going to be so young. Talent's going to be there. It's just if it's going to come together or not. I just hate the young team so much. It's just a coin flip. And do the young teams truly ever work out besides Seattle, maybe? I mean, they're fun. 
you don't have to win right away. You can learn for two years and then win in three yeah. years or whatever. Dude, there's no taking a break in the NFL. You know, this. ask Cam Noon and dropping on that bumble. Does it ever well, happen? It's, I think the biggest thing in the NFL is that like whenever you get there, you're probably never going to get there again. Like, you usually only get one shot at it unless you're you know, Tom Brady or Manning, you know. Of course. But when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, I am pretty excited to be able to watch them. At least we don't I, I have love, the I love Gross Mottos, too. He's he's enormous. He's huge. He's, he's like the Forrest Buckner. He's like that sort of player. I just I don't know. When it comes to Carolina, it's pretty much they're so confident in their offense that all they did was draft defense. Yeah, because they didn't spend their defense on free agency, and they lost their entire defense. Didn't they draft two corners like two years ago? They didn't draft one offensive player. <laughs> no, I know. I know. That's why I mean. Yeah, they yeah. drafted all. No, they drafted Deontay Johnson and uh, Bradbury back-to-back years, and then Bradbury left this offseason. I don't know. Maybe with the new coaching regime. Yeah, Deontay maybe Jackson, I mean. Can you believe their draft? I think that anybody that's listening to the podcast needs to go and look up their draft. It's awesome. It's, it's pretty damn amazing when you look at every position that was selected. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so what was your, what's your landing strip? What was your favorite spot for that player went? I already told you I'm biased this time. Oh, so you said Lamb? Yes, so of course. No, 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 no. I yes, of course I said CD. Okay. Because whenever it comes to CD and this team, he's a I, carnival, dude. Well, I even put it to you this way. I even said, without going off of the Dallas bias of myself, putting that aside, I actually thought, what a perfect spot for a guy to drop in the draft. Where what's the pressure? What What are you gonna Zero. have to? Really he doesn't love? have to be a number one wide receiver. Are he can be the third wide receiver, just catch screen passes and run forever. That's it. He has to be the number three guy, and that's your job. So if you can perform better than what Corn on the Cob was last year, which, by the way, he was great. But if you can do better than that, you're already a steal. I just – he has zero pressure coming into this season, which is why I truly picked him for this. You, you have Amari who has the contract to up to live up to you have Gallup who has to play for the contract you're just the rookie that's there to say hey I'm here to learn yeah and I mean like he can just catch slant routes and run forever and you can run so many screen passes with them and reverses and motions and yeah that's possibilities great. are endless it's, it's a great be- spot I, w- I thought he'd been really good in Jacksonville too and Jacksonville yeah players similar to that in like the third round or whatever um, so the next award we have here is the stranger. So which, what do you think was stranger love going to green Bay or Jalen hurts going to Philadelphia? Man, I need somebody to explain me to Jalen hurts, Philadelphia. So I, I, give me a try. Can I try real fast? Hold on. Oh, do you want All right. You know what? Yes. Explain me to Jalen hurts before I go on. So the only argument I can come up with for it is that Jalen hurts has been a good RPO quarterback going back to his time in Alabama and then even considering his time in Oklahoma, like he can run the RPO really well. And the Eagles, and the Eagles, the Eagles are a really big RPO team. They love that play. They run it all the time. And so I think they're in kind of spot where like if something happens to Wentz, we can at least run the RPO with Jalen Hurts. And they probably don't like Sudfield very much. And Wentz gets hurt, you know, every single season too. So that's uh, that's my that's the only thing I can think of for it. Or like even if Wentz does get hurt, you can probably even play like a a two. If Wentz get hurts, you can also say that. That'd be a fun headline to write. Uh, Wentz get hurts, 
and Jalen comes in to save the day. But you can even play Sudfield and just bring Hertz in occasionally running RPOs and you know some design run plays with and stuff too. But that's the only argument I can come with for it. Do you believe that though? That's kind of the thing. Yeah, I can see it. I can understand I it. Second round pick. And what you're doing is picking a gadget quarterback that is in what you're it's a project. You're wanting to have a project <laughs> in the second round when you already have a quarterback. This isn't a Lamar Jackson. Oh, we're planning on moving on. Oh, hopefully Carson Wentz doesn't get injured. What the hell is this? This to me made zero sense and was a wasted pick. Did you also hear that? Uh, what was it? Who's there? Who's there? Jim? Is it Grossman? What's her name? Um, Howie Grossman? No, it's it's Howie. It's Howie. I thought it was Howie Grossman. Uh, something like that. Either way, whenever it comes to it, if I'm wrong about that, that's damn impressive. Either way, whenever it comes to their GM, apparently he called Carson being like, hey, this is, I want to let you know, we want to do this, but I promise you, after this, we are going to get what you need. And then they drafted like a safety in a corner. Like, I don't understand the Philadelphia Eagles and what the hell they were doing. The Jalen Hurts thing makes zero sense. It's, what, what are you doing to Carson? What are you doing, Carson? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it does like that's the only rationale I can come up with for it. And yeah, it doesn't make sense to have a quarterback who you're paying, you know, twenty four million dollars a year, or whatever, to, and then not it's add pieces right. around him. Yeah, like just draft another wide receiver. Then, well, it's not. A, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's not a wide receiver. What are you gonna do with that? I mean, that's it's just I don't. It's a backup plan, I guess. But I don't understand it whenever yeah. you have a quarterback in place, though. And, like, you have a young quarterback in place. Plain, simple, bad pick. Yeah. If he gets hurt, Jalen Hurts is not going to win the goddamn Super Bowl. He's just not. He's not Jesus. I don't know. Jesus is in Chicago now. Well, Hurts kind of got foals by Tua, you know. Are you saying that Hurts is going to be like foals? No, I said Hurts got foals by Tua. Yeah, exactly. Where Hertz was the guy, and then he got pulled, and it went two, and then two won the national championship. I just, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe Dougie P and all of them know something where they're just like, man. Is that what you call him? You call him Dougie P? I call him Dougie P. I like it. I just, I don't care for Dougie P. It's just, oh, I do. I like him as a person. I like him. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. He tries crap. I think that he's stupid sometimes, but for God's sakes, the man tries. He goes for him fourth down. Yeah. He's not a coward. What do you want me to do about it? He talks a lot of smack and he tries to back it up, which he does most of the time. I don't I also, I like his locker room talks too. Well, I mean, like I he like- just seems like he seems really sincere. It's not like one of these coaches who tries to be like you're really tough or whatever. He's not very tough. But he's not a phony. Like he knows who he is. Yeah, he's like he's he's himself yeah. entirely. When he's talking smack, everyone's like, "Oh, he really kind of believes this smack talk." He's yeah. Not- the the love thing was hilarious because the same thing that Aaron Rodgers did to Brett Favre, Jordan Love just did to Aaron Rodgers, you know. And there's like I don't know if this is true or not, but it's that like rumor circulating around that the Packers drafted Love, which doesn't make any sense to prove to Aaron Rodgers that he doesn't run this team that the front office and the coaching staff does and whatever. Um, but I don't understand this pick at all either. Like. We know the Packers were a really bad 13-3 team last year, and they went to the NFC Championship, and they have flaws. I think mainly play calling and at wide receiver. 
and uh, and their linebacker play was bad. They couldn't stop the run. And so what do you do whenever you draft? You take a quarterback who may need three years to develop, and Rodgers is still like a you know fringe top 10 quarterback at the moment. Matt. He's yeah. That's more than three years. But don't take a, don't take this guy in round one. Why? You don't need to do this now. What? No, no, you don't understand me. I why? Like I actually kind of don't mind them doing this. What are you? What are we talking about? Rogers breaks all the. I time. just think you have you have a window, and once that window's gone, that's it. Like you have this little bit of a window of Rogers, and once it's gone, that's it. Can I plan for the future now? I don't think now's the time to plan for the future. And even like once Rodgers is done, you can always sign a veteran quarterback and draft somebody. Man, you know what I hate though? You know what I really do hate is that with this year, because I'll put it this way and I want your opinion. With uh, how their draft win and all that, do you think that Green Bay, what's their record next year? Um, I would say... Nine and seven? Yeah, I was going to say like, I don't know what their schedule is going to be like exactly. And we still have a little bit, like guys get hurt and stuff too, but... I would say they probably dropped to like eight or nine wins next year. But that's my point to you. And this is why I actually ask you the question. If they do that, is then the entire blame just going to go, oh, the coaching staff shouldn't have drafted the quarterback? Probably you know, so. Right. You should have like, drafted A.J. Dill in the second round. Like That's what I mean. It's just going to go back to that where Aaron Rodgers somehow avoids the blame again. It's the coaching staff now putting the weapons because they were too busy thinking of the future instead of They now. should have drafted the wide receiver. They 100% should have. You can get a wide receiver. How about the greatest quarterback ever, apparently, works with the receivers he has? Yeah, but oh. they, they only have one guy who can consistently beat man coverage last year. Tom Brady only had white guys his entire career. Yeah, but they knew how they were like the smartest team in the world and knew how to play off every single coverage they got tossed at them. I'm sorry. Maybe it's because he's the greatest quarterback in the world. Aaron Rodgers gets all the credit in the world for being a this is This is such a silly draft. <laughs> so it's Love, yeah. AJ, AJ Dillon in round two. And like, you don't draft running backs in the second round. Just go sign go sign Carlos Hyde if you need a power running yeah. back. Then they got tied in the third round, a bad tight end class. Then a linebacker in the, four, in the fifth round. And they, also, they already have bad linebacker play. And so it's like maybe you should use free agency. Use them that time to get linebacker instead of the fifth round of this draft. And they got three... Sixth round offensive lineman, then a safety and a defensive end from there. Man, it's insane. I, it's really incredible. But that's what I mean. It's oh, they it, added. De- did you know they added Funches at wide receiver this year? Yeah, I didn't I know did. they did that. I actually didn't know that. I thought Funches went somewhere else. I thought he went. To now like he went to Green Bay. Oh, oh, maybe they feel good about Funches. He's gonna get hurt in week two. Hold on, man. They didn't draft one wide receiver? No, they didn't. Hold on. I thought and, they didn't. And like an all-time great supposedly wide, wide receiver class. It's now. They didn't draft one wide receiver? No. Okay. Ooh, this tie, I don't I don't know anything about this time they drafted, but this is a great night great name. Josiah De Deguara. Josiah is a great name. I, I guess, but they're relying on a rookie tight end at this point. Well, they have that guy from A&M who's all right. By the way, what a Jordan Love, Dylan, and Josiah. Yeah, Josiah Degara. Why? You didn't do anything for Aaron Rodgers in any of that. No, this just seems like a big pissing match is what it seems that like. That was a big, like, 
You like screw you. I can't believe their draft. Once again, if you're listening to the podcast, look this up. This is insane. What a bunch of douchebags. This team, I can't stand. This is, by the way, this is eight and eight, and this is five. And like, also, like, if you're having this this many problems with Aaron Rodgers, like, if you're doing this draft to spite him, like this, like rumor is, just trade him then. Go get a first round pick then. If you hate him this much, yeah. we're gonna do this. To trade you. him and sign Andy Dalton. I don't know if I what no. Yeah, trade him I, trade him and sign Cam Newton. By the way, let's bring this up. How's Jameis doing, man? How's he doing, man? He's, a lot of options. Huh? No, he's investing himself for his future. He's gonna do the Teddy Bridgewater. Breeze is gonna get hurt next year. Jameis is getting four games or so. He has eyes fixed. He's playing with the genius offensive coordinator. He's gonna go four and oh. He's gonna go four and next year at one point, and then he'll get like a three year seventy five million dollar contract. Mason Hill got paid. Who? Taysom Hill. He got no, paid. he didn't. Hey, he was like they, just, they just signed his tender, I thought. I thought he got paid $21 million. No, but if something happens to Breeze, they're going to start Jameis. I don't know. They, Taysom Hill is just like a cute, fun thing, you know? He's like the sports car yeah, you take out on the weekend. That much money. That thing's not that adorable. Like, what, what are we talking about? I'm almost positive Hill got his contract to be the backup. He was being cocky. He signed were- so he signed a twenty-one million dollar extension through twenty-one. There it is. Yeah, he's if he if something happens to Breeze, they're not going to start tasting at quarterback. Then why am I paying him ten million dollars a season? Because he can do cute fun things, you know. For ten million dollars, you're not getting paid for cute fun things. For it doesn't. Three- it doesn't matter what you're paying him. They'll what give him like fifteen. They're paying him to give him fifteen snaps a game. They're not paying him to run the offense. I'm not giving him fifteen snaps a game. They're going to. They did it last year. The funniest thing about last year's postseason was whenever remember like I'll never forget, I think it was like week two for the Colts, where Andrew Luck's arm was still screwed up and he couldn't throw the Hail Mary. So they brought Jacoby Brissett in to throw the Hail Mary. And you're like, damn, Andrew just got cucked at this on this Hail Mary throw. And then last year against uh in the playoff game, New Orleans, Minnesota, Breeze couldn't throw the ball downfield at all. And so they bring Taysom Hill in to throw a nine route down the left sideline, score a touchdown because Hill just uh, because Breeze can throw the ball downfield at all. And uh, so I don't know. We'll see what happens with with old Bru- with old Drew for another year. You know, whatever. I don't even care about that team. They're gonna lose because Drew Breeze's arm's gonna go flat like always. Tire being blown up. Here comes the flat. Choo choo. Yeah. Well, they did draft uh, Caesar Ruiz too because like the problem that they had in that playoff game was that they couldn't block the interior at all. And so now they have McCoy and Maurice to replace Wolfer. They got Pete. So hopefully they can protect the interior for Breeze next year. Because that's why they lost that playoff game. Because they just put Griffin and Hunter on the interior. Um, So the next award we have here is which quarterback will bust in the first round. So we have Herbert, Tua, Burrow, and Love. So who's your bust pick, Taylor? I got nothing. This is why I have nothing. I'm going Herbert. Herbert or Love. Herbert or Love. I'm going act? Herbert. You're going Herbert? Because I will say Herbert, and this is where I will, before you even say anything else, I was only going to pick Herbert because of where he was drafted. Oh, my God. I remember this guy because I remember watching him when we were in Vegas. And guess what? Herbert was not impressive. Herbert has zero accuracy. I remember Unless him the mid- guy's wide open. Yeah. 
He misses everybody, though. If there's any type of coverage, he is done. That may have been the worst thing. Because what's going to happen? Who is he going to learn behind? Uh, Who's his mentor? Ty God Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to run two entirely different offenses. His mentor is Tarot. No, it's Ty God, dude. No, it's Tarot. Come on. No, it's Ty God. I love I love Ty God, but they they run two entirely different offenses though, and also like they should draft an offensive tackle. I agree. I thought that's why they gave away their offensive tackle was so to draft an offensive tackle. Yeah. Well, we we argued about this when we did the mock draft. I said they're going to draft a tackle. Was like no, they're going to draft Herb. Was like they should draft a tackle, regardless of where they do. They should and. Uh, well, the other thing about Herbert too is he threw a lot of screen passes last year, and so it was like he had this big uh, com- high completion percentage because he just threw a lot of screen passes. And there hasn't been a good Oregon quarterback except for Dennis Dixon, and he was like a, what, a fine backup. I don't like talking about that. Dennis Dixon and Jonathan Stewart. I don't like talking about that. Just, yeah, it, be, it made me want like to go to Oregon just because watching them was the greatest thing ever. They would have won the net. This is how bad it was, man. You know I don't watch college. I've looked nothing up because I'm going to continue this conversation. Dennis Dixon would have won the national championship. He would have been the Heisman if he didn't destroy the knee against Arizona. Do you understand? I remember who he was playing against because that's how hurt I was. I'm losing it. And that was like a Thursday night game too. Yes. And they scored like six points. Yeah, it's very sad. Backup came in. Wasn't it like, this is how bad it is. Was it like Leaf's cousin, brother? I don't know. I thought it was like an old like Leaf. I thought he was on the Leaf bloodline. I couldn't remember this specifically. It hurt my feelings. Dennis Dixon was the greatest thing I ever saw. He really was. He was, um, what's his face? He was RG3, but better. That's how I looked at Dennis Dixon. Mm. God, this hurts. Mm. I don't like talking about this. I don't, I'm not even a college fan. And I remember, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I mean, yeah, and this is also like 11 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you got 11 brain cells left too. I know. And you still yeah. remember it. One of them is devoted to Dennis Dixon. I have, dude, I have, I have Oregon gear because of Dennis Dixon. You don't understand. I truly was a fan. I, I just loved everything about that man. And so, then, uh, are you agreeing with Herbert being the first round bust here? Yes, and I'm only going to say that because of his draft position. That's the only reason why otherwise I would give it to Love. But because of where Herbert is selected, there's no way. There's yeah. just no way. He's going to be Trubisky. I think he's going to be like Oswaller. Well, you think even worse than Trubisky? He's 6'6". He's six, six. Like they, they're just like not, they're not built at all. They're not similar in how they play. Is it because they're white? No, like they're tall and white, and they have they're accuracy so, problems. God, it's so it's weird that there hasn't been any good six foot six quarterbacks except for like I think one guy. Like once you above six five, they can't throw the ball normally. No, how tall is Andrew? Uh, he's like six four. Whoa, I thought you were talking about it. Yeah, uh-huh. once you get above six five, nobody's good at all anymore. Why do they always say then it's the prototypical quarterback every single Cause draft? Because six, six 6'4 is tall, but 6'6 no, 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 six, no, no, is no, too I'm tall. Talking about, I'm talking about whenever it's like a guy, 6'6, six, six, he's the prototypical quarterback. Look at his length. Look at that arm strength. This is everything we're looking for. They said it every single time. No, the issue though is that 
Like if you once you get to six six, you're too tall though. That's the problem with that. No, yeah, I couldn't play quarterback anymore. That was my problem. You know, I always say after I drink four beers, I go, man, if only I was one inch taller. Is that what you always said? Yeah, I go, if only I was one inch taller. Yeah, yeah, that's And then right. I, I yell at my stepson. Yell at your stepson. Wait, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you Why mean did this I'm talking about? family episode like a Boy Meets World type deal, right. huh? Okay, so are you ready for the quarterbacks greater than six foot six? Yeah, actually I am. What was the last good one? Uh there's only okay. You know what? This is a really great list. Are you ready? So remember yeah. remember John Navari from Michigan? No. He started zero games, but I remember him. <laughs> he was six foot six. Matt Schaub, six foot six. Derek Anderson, Andrew Walter, Jordan Palmer, Joe Flacco was six foot six. Josh Freeman, Tony Pike, Ryan Mallett, Brock Osweiler, Tyler Bray, Mike Glennon, Logan Thomas, Sean Mannion, Paxton Litch, uh, Nate Sudfeld, Tyree Jackson, Jacob Eason, Justin Herbert, uh, Jake Luden. So two. You have Joe Flacco and Matt Schaub, and that's it. The rest of these guys are, are bunk, dude. I was going to say, yeah, the only two people that stood out was Flacco and Schaub. Everybody else, there's nothing to it. Yeah, all these guys are bad here. You can't be above 6'6". Six, six. Everybody talks about little hands for quarterbacks, but it's really about height. That's what matters. It's a curse. All right, so the next award we have here, I hate this word. I hate when everybody uses this word to describe sports. I'm going to feel very nasty saying this word. You have oh, yeah. sexiest pick. So, Taylor, what, oh, was yeah. the sex, what was the hottest pick? What pick turned you on the most? So, after giving it a lot of thought, the pick that turned me on the most had to have been CD. And that's just because it was something that I wasn't expecting. What turned me on, though, is the fact where he was drafted, his lady picked up the phone, he then picked up the phone from her and gave her a look that said, don't you ever touch my phone again. That is why this was my sexiest pick. Good. I went with uh, Henry Ruggs from Alabama. Why? Can you explain the Raiders? Because, by the way, I don't have any information on them. They're not one of my selections for any of our topics. But since you brought up Henry Ruggs at third, explain to me the Raiders and what they were thinking. Are they just trying to say, we're smarter than No, they're the hipsters of the NFL draft. They sit there. They do the same thing last year. They took Clyde and Farrell with with a third overall pick or whatever instead of just taking Josh Allen. They have to try to be really smart. They have to try to show that they know more than everybody else. Exactly. And it, okay, so your opinion then, is Gruden smarter than everybody That's By the way, that's your poll question. Is Gruden smarter than everybody else? I don't think I've ever posted one of these poll questions. I know. You don't listen to me. It's your ass. No, I, I listen to you and I write down and then it comes down to, to the time that they have to actually post it. Well, they took Damon Arnett and a lot of people were expecting him to be a second round pick. They took Lynn Bowden who is that like weird like running back wide receiver combo? It took Brian Edwards. I don't know anything at all about him. And then they finally went uh, safety in the third round and went to their defense. But I uh, I just I like Rugs. He's super fast. 
And they had that issue last year, just like having a sort of number one wide receiver. And also I like the idea too of them carrying the flame of Al Davis from Oakland to Vegas and taking a really fast guy in his memory as they, as they carry that. How do you think they're going to carry the flame from Vegas? Do you think they're going to keep it burning still and try to drive it all the way down I-90 out to Las Vegas like that? I'm so confused right now. Hold on. So Henry Ruggs is 5'11", correct? Yeah, he runs a 4.22. A 4.27. So, Alabama wide receiver. Does he run his mouth? No. What's the difference between him and Amari? I don't know. Okay. Amari's like like a tall, like typical number one wide receiver. Amari's 6'1". Yeah, okay. But he's like a typical, like... Like big, strong outside receiver. You don't understand. Whenever he picked him, that's why I was asking. It had nothing. This was, again, another biased Dallas Cowboy like point, but also at the same time, what the hell is the difference between you drafting Henry Ruggs and you getting rid of Amari? What is the difference between the player there? Well, you Two to... inch? No, the difference is the contract. That's what you thought. I thought he was already under contract. He was already under contract for another year. Yeah, but they they got out of that. Well, but they're they're your value those in year four before you trade them. If you trade them year five, you probably can't get a first round pick. I because he's about to be a free agent, and so if you trade him that year earlier, this you can get a better draft pick. Didn't look like he liked Amari. Yeah, I don't. But Amari's just kind of weird, though. I know, I know. That's why I'm asking if Henry Ruggs like talks. I don't know if he talks but or not. But this also but, happened a couple of times. Well, it's not even that Mari talks. It's that he can't play on the road and he gets hurt. And then he just like stops playing sometimes. Mari doesn't talk at all because he's a wimp. Yeah. He but he's just, I, I'm not going to call him a wimp. But like, he, he just he disappears a lot. Ass. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, that was also kind of weird things too where you have these teams make these trades for first-round picks, and they just took the exact same position again. Like, for example, Miami took Austin Jackson with their first-round pick, so they just, like, got Larry Tunsil replacement. In addition to having another first-round pick and a second-round pick as well. I was about to say, doesn't that make you feel good? No. Why not? It doesn't change anything. (laughs) Miami could take three offensive tackles with those picks and doesn't change anything. Also, I always hate the analysis too, or whenever you trade draft picks or somebody, you're like, okay, so we're comparing this player compared to these three players they took. No, you compare the draft capital. You don't compare this player because you would have taken the exact same players at all. I mean, you know what? The I Texans didn't trade Larry Tunsil for Austin Jackson. Or they didn't trade Austin Jackson for Tunsil. They traded two firsts and a second. There's a lot of like personal like feelings going on here. I don't know if I'm a, I'm the right guy to sit here and to deal with this because I don't like criers. I'm gonna cry. I sound like you're crying. I'm so mad. Sounds like you're I'm crying. So now. Mad. I see a video and there's a tear coming down your face. I couldn't. Ima- I see some of these like Twitter clips of like radio guys like screaming over their team's draft. Like this Philadelphia Eagles fan just screaming on like Bleacher Report radio. I'm like, you're 42 and the Eagles won a Super Bowl three years ago. What are you so angry about? Say, what do you? What, what's going on with the Iowa need to win the Super Bowl every single year? Yeah, you have five years. After five years, okay, you have five years of having fun. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. And even then, you have you have a whole lifetime. You got one. Enjoy it. 
I'm sorry, but as a San Antonio Spurs fan, one is not good enough. Oh, how many more years? Oh, you're coming up on five years here pretty soon. Yeah, you're past it, right? Yeah, for my last one, but that's fine. Only because that's Timmy. You understand? That's Tim. Yeah, he's he's God, so it's okay. I mean, it's no big deal. I want anybody to freaking challenge me. <laughs> oh my God, the the Hall of Fame, anything. Oh, Kobe versus Jordan, blah blah blah. Timmy is better than Kobe. Let's repeat this. Tim Duncan is better than Kobe Bryant. Plain and simple. Stick it to it. Yeah, that's good. Get it back. Is he better than Michael Jordan? Who, Tim? Yeah. No, he's second to Michael. <laughs> okay. I don't know who would be. I mean, maybe if you're going back to like the old times and everything, but as far as after that, no, no, no. Timmy is second to Michael. That's just my opinion. That's fair. And, and Timmy also had killer instinct. As much as nobody wanted to ever believe it, the three-pointer against the Phoenix Suns proves everything. Timmy, Tim just had the killer instinct. He just wanted to win more than the other person, and nobody but he, ever. But he did it in a different way. Exactly. He didn't want to win, and like a Kobe Bryant, I'm, I got to talk about how badly I want to win. Instead of just showing on the court, dude. What I love about Timmy that nobody showed the highlights of it. Instead of like later on in his career, whenever he beat LeBron the first time in the finals, and he goes up saying, "Hey." You're going to win a lot of finals in your life, man. But thanks for letting us have this one. And laughs at him. And like, <laughs> I'm like, Tim, you're such an ass. Yeah. Like, that's great. But nobody wants to talk about that because, again, Timmy's boring. Dude, Timmy had the killer instinct and nobody gives Tim, him the credit. Well, and also he wasn't boring, but he was boring in his public persona. Even on the court, though, he would talk crap. Yeah, he, but, but, like, but that's different than how he portrays himself in – you know, like with his agent and with the sponsorships yeah. and in his interviews and everything else, you know, those are two separate things. He had voted the coolest NBA shoes of 2013. Oh, 2000. You mean 2007? Maybe, but it was so the, cool. the ghost hand or whatever. No, no, no. It was the feet that were the skull. It was the bone. Whatever the, it was. The, the, D- the DS de los Muertos. Yes, yes, those were awesome. The Vatos Locos Dios de los Muertos Doritos. Dude, Tim's a god. Dude, I'm sorry, but I'm so tired of all these thirty for thirty. They should, the they should make a, they should make a Dorito flavor that's Vatos Locos. Which, I don't know why they haven't. Yeah, Vatos like, Locos Forever Doritos. How hot is it? Uh, I don't, I don't imagine being hot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'd be like a maybe. I don't know. I would imagine be like spicy uh, though. Maybe like a ro- like a roasted like chili. Maybe comes in a black bag. Why is it a black bag? I don't know. Like it's Dios de los Muertos looking. It has a lot of skulls on it. It's in a black bag. All right, I'll buy it. All right. Five I don't know. Yeah, five dollars a bag of Doritos. <laughs> I'm making my own Doritos in the bathtub. And no, it's not crystal meth. Um, so, which is a joke, uh, would you rather now, would you rather Marlon Davidson? So, all right, here's the next one. So would you rather, who would you have rather your team picked in the first round? Are you just all CD now? Or would there somebody else that would, you would have liked to see Dallas taken instead? No, no, no. I was actually serious about this. I really was serious about your questions. And I know it just seems like that I'm picking CD for everything, but it's truly how I feel. But I thought about this one. The only one that I would feel much more comfortable with 
would be Caesar from New Orleans. You brought him up earlier, which I was surprised. Because he would just come in, played center right away. Yeah, exactly right. That I would be not needing anything to focus on. Plug, I'm good. That position's now filled. I can move on to other things. I think Looney's good enough, though, that you don't need to draft somebody in the first round and play center again. I have... Looney's perfectly fine. Dude, you are more... Man, you are more confident than some of these guys on Dallas than I am. It is the weirdest things at moment. Looney's fine. He's fine, but no. He's not as good as Cesar Reese, but he's fine. That's my point. Like, I'd rather have CD at a more impactful position than have... uh, Ruiz in the first round. I actually thought of this because he's really, I mean, Michigan center, he's ready to go. It's what New Orleans needed last year. To your point, what you were saying earlier, in order for them to be able to have the protection breeze needed, this would have been like nothing was missed in the offensive line. Nothing, like no beat was missed. It would have just plugged and worked and just been great. That's the one thing I would have wished that Dallas would have went to besides I still think CD's a luxury. My man, I'm going to talk so much smack, and I think CD's the greatest thing to happen to Dallas, but you can never tell me it's a need. Yeah, I mean, it isn't a need, but... You can never, it's, it's fancy. I, lo- I, lo- I mean, I love it, though. I think it's exactly what they needed to do. Well, I, I don't. See, like, it's not like, it's not, it doesn't fill a hole in the roster, but it was the best pick they could have made. But it's like what I've compared it to where... If DeAndre Hopkins, one of the top receivers, just drops to you when you're the 12th pick, 13th pick in fantasy football, you're going to pick the yeah, guy. Yeah, you just take it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe Dallas should trade Ezekiel Elliott in a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Trade. Does uh, Ezekiel Elliott believe in God? Oh, my Lord. Does he Lord. love Jesus? If you would have told me that we're trading— Does he love horses, too? I would have said, okay— Oh, yeah, immediate. A first-round pick in Elliott for Hopkins, you say yes. And think about it this way. I said that by trading Zeke for Hopkins, and you got David Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, but, but David Johnson is a man of God. Oh, that's good. That really helped him with his injuries. Did God choose that to happen? And he's, he's had one really good season. That was almost four years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, personally, the only thing, I, the only player I would have liked here for Dallas instead is McKinney. We talked about that last week as well, too. And Dallas even draft a safety at all, um, which is weird. So they'll figure something out there. Oh, yeah, I thought we did. No, we didn't. You're exactly right. So but I, I was fine with it still, even though. Just sign Eric Reed. Be done with this. Be done with it. We did sign somebody recently. I'm going to have to look this up. I know it wasn't in the draft. I thought we did sign somebody recently to kind of plug to see if it would work. But it, I'm okay with it. After what happened with the draft, I have faith in this damn team. Yeah, they're gonna be. Fun. I mean, I really think the key for next year for Dallas is to just throw the football more instead yeah. of being like, "Hey, we ha- we pay Elliott twenty million dollars. He needs yeah. to get the ball twenty times. Throw the football more." If I don't make the NFC Championship, is Dak Prescott fired? It depends on how it happens. It's that easy for me. Just as a Cowboys fan who's a love Dak more than any other Cowboys fan. A Cowboys fan with a mentally ill image of the way things have to go. Um, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> but what what is he going to blame it on? What else do you have? This is a second coach that's going to work with you. You have the greatest offense. He was great last year. You have the three greatest receivers anybody could ever ask for. Do you want to, and that's not even an exaggeration. 
Give me three better receivers on a freaking team because I can't find them. This is how good Dallas's offense will be. And if something screws up. Oh, I know. An, I know an offense with three better receivers. Oh, well, Texans have Wolf Fuller, Brandon Cooks, oh. Randall Cobb. That's a better offense. No comment. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm right on that one. Uh, personally, for me with the Houston Texans, whenever they picked up 40, I wanted them to take Marlon Davidson because he's beautiful and spectacular and nobody plays football like him at all. And I saw this clip from the combine he had that uh, like somebody posted like right around the night of the draft after the Falcons selected him. And they, they, somebody asked him, like, why do you love football? It's like, well, the great thing about football is is that I can be there on the field and I can have a guy in front of me and I can just beat him over and over and over again and they can't call the police. That's what I love about football. I'm like, God, Marlon, you're the best. And I think he's, I love him in Atlanta, though. He's in play next to Grady Jarrett. And I'm leaning, yes. what? Mar- Marlon Davidson. Marlon well, Davidson. I've been able to pick him. Where was y'all's pick? 40. They could have picked him. Oh, y'all could have been doing 47. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, they picked Blacklock. And, but I'm just, personally, I'm just glad the Texans didn't take AJ Epinesa or Terrell Lewis at, in the second round. I think Blacklock's perfect, a perfectly fine selection. Um, the other thing about Davidson is that he's going to be paired next to Grady Jarrett, which I love a lot. And I'm leaning to the Falcons being my NFC South pick and maybe being one of my teams next year. I may have to be a Falcons fan next year again, even though they cost me like $1,500 and I had no money in 2017 or whatever it was, you know? Um, and just to let you know, it's just going to prove to you, everybody, what I've said all along. Quinn is a terrible head coach. This team is going to go nowhere. Half the team is going to be injured by the end of the season. The Atlanta Falcons are. Done. I think the biggest they, thing about it, though, is just like Kyle Shanahan just worked so much insane. magic in 2017 to have a great Man, offense for him. That division is insane. Yeah, I love no. it. It's great. It's it. It's gonna be a bloodbath. But who's gonna win? Oh, that's right, Tom. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it Tom Bay? It's Tom Bay. Do you like Tom Bay or Tampa Bay? I like or Tampa Brady. I like, I like Tampa Brady. I think Tampa Brady's so much better. I like. I think I like Tom Bay. It sounds like Gordon Bombay, you know. I can't believe you're not excited for Breeze versus Brady. Yeah, it's gonna be 85 years old combined in that game. You better hope one of them doesn't get the coronavirus, and maybe he'll get one of them. They're geezers, you know. Just to let you know, you have the theory about the coronavirus. Dude, my theory. I don't be, have a theory about the coronavirus. It's this easy, man. My theory with the coronavirus, it's all going to end by the last week of the NFL preseason. And then the moment the NFL starts, somehow it's going to vanish. Oh, okay. The cause of it all is Jerry Jones. That, so, oh, Jerry has the cure for it? He has the cure and he is holding Oh, so on. Jerry has secured it and he's going to mass produce the cure and make sure the football season goes on. There it is, man. And the yep. globalists are gonna be like, you can't, you get this because you're part of the global elite. You can't give it out, give it out to anybody else. He's like, nah, I gotta see my Cowboys. I'm giving it to the people. No, it's going to the Cowboys. Cowboys time. I like Good. that. Jerry, you can't do it. It's Cowboys. I like that. So our last award here is our favorite late round pick. So who's your favorite late round pick, Taylor? My favorite late round pick again. I was being biased here. 
I'm going to go with my man. It's going to be Denae. It has to be. I just feel like Denae is going to be able to be that defensive end that's right next to the replacement for Quinn, where we can then show Demarcus Lawrence, hey, remember how you were young and you once cared about playing? He was I'm- better than you, than you give him credit for last year. He had four sacks, man. Yeah, but he had a lot of pressures. He had a lot of quarterback hits. What? You just said, Taylor, the guy tried hard? I think he played what? hard. Yeah. I think he just didn't have a lot of sacks last year, but he had a good year last year. No, no, no. Bradley and A was my guy that I just wanted to be, okay, I was surprised once again by the pick, not expecting us to be able to look at that position. I think he is going to work really well. I I honestly am pretty damn pumped because I think he's going to be a great re- replacement. And I just hope that it, I, my real big hope is that it sparks something to Marcus Lawrence. Yeah. It sparks that youthfulness. It sparks that young gun where, hey, we need you to teach him. We need you to be that dominant force. If you're not, guess what? This guy's going to replace your ass. Well, That's what he's not going to replace him. I think Anai is a fine fifth round pick, but he's not going to be good in the NFL. Like, it's a fine guy to pick in the fifth round. It's like if you take Curtis Weaver in the fifth round, fine. He had a lot of sacks in college. But not, I don't think he's going to produce it all in the NFL level. In the 4-3 defense, what is Dallas going to run? It Matt? doesn't matter. What is Dallas going to run now? He weighs like 240 pounds. That's why everybody... And he's not that fast. That's why everybody didn't want him because he's only a one-trick pony, but he's going to be the one trick that we need this year because guess what? We're changing to the trick. I think, is, I, think, this- I, I think I could block him. Give me one year, and I think I could block him. With you and your beets and beans, there's no way. Well, give me a year to bulk up. I'm going to give you a year to bulk up. Give me one year, and I can I can block Bradley and I. All right, I want you to send this to him. No, he probably beat me up. In my <laughs> current state, I weigh 210 pounds right now. What if we send you the date saying in one year, you and I will meet? All right, we got it. All right. You know what? I need you to send this to him. All right. Yeah, we could do that. All right, I got two late round picks. You ready? My first one is Sadiq uh, Charles. He played offensive line for LSU. And my other one is a pick from the Lions in the sixth round, uh, John Pinasini. Those are my, my two favorite late-round picks here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so Sadiq Charles and John Pinasini. Yeah, why are they <laughs> two favorite picks, man? You don't like John Pinasini? I mean, yeah. I, think, I think he could be a little bit longer. I think he could be a little bit bouncier as well, too. But he has good width, good girth, um, you know, a little bit athletically limited, but he brings it. He plays really hard. He brings it every time he gets the opportunity to. But I think he's going to work out very well uh, up there in Detroit. I think I really like the John Pinasini pick. Why do you like the John Pinasini pick? I told you. I already told you. He's a good run, he's a good run stuffer. I thought that was the Sadiq Charles. No, Sadiq Charles, he's like a, a good pass protector. You know, he does end up falling on his knees a little bit too much whenever he's driving guys out one versus one blocks. But uh, Sadiq Charles, I, I think, could come in and start right away in week, in week two, maybe week one. Sadiq Charles can start week one right away. Just come in, walk in, come in, and start week one. So Sadiq Charles has the girth and no, that's be- Pinasini. Pinasini has the girth. He's not very long, though. But Pinasini can't come in immediately and start. No, he's more like a depth guy. He's a run stuffer. So like, you don't want him playing all three downs. But he can give you two rounds, two downs pretty well. 
But Sadek and Peeney Senior are on the same team. No, they're not. Two separate teams. I don't understand why these are your favorite picks. I just really like their tape. They really stood out on tape. I feel like I had more of a reason than you on the Sadek and Pinasini one. What are you talking about? Watch the film. Watch the Pinasini film. Um, whenever I look up Sadek and Pinasini, something else comes up every single time. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what's in your browser history. This as well. I don't know what cookies you got in your pocket over there. I don't have any cookies. We're a vegetarian household. Uh, not me anymore. I've been eating steak salads all week, dude. Why are you, what? There's no such thing as steak salad. Yeah, I, I go to Texas Roadhouse and I get, I order five steak salads and I eat that one one a night for dinner every week. That sounds like really hard. <laughs> I'm joking. I, but I have been eating steak salad all week. All right. Oh, sounds amazing. No, you know what? You know what a steak salad is? It's spinach, olives, broccoli, and then you like cook one ribeye and then you cut it up. And then uh, it's, and then you make a salad dressing with just like olive oil, salt, pepper, and apple cider vinegar. The hell? And it makes you strong and tough. Um, All right. So this movie, were you able to come up with what this, this movie was that Dennis Quaid was in that is just really similar to Cheaper by the Dozen as a member of the collective unconsciousness? Because I have it open right now. I have it. By the way, it's you, really bothering You can't me. look it up. I'll give, you, I'll give you a little bit of time to think for a second here. Dude, it's yours, mine, and ours. You looked it up. I didn't look it up. Yeah, you looked it up. But yeah, it is yours, mine, and ours. Hold on. So we're going to go this. <laughs> Who has the okay. highest Rotten Tomatoes score? That's what I'm saying. So yours, mine, and ours has 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can already tell you cheaper by the dozen wins. Well, I, IMDb has a 5.5 rating, and Cheaper by the Dozen has 5.9. And Cheaper by the Dozen has a 24% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Dang. Bonnie way, Hunt was there. Remember Bonnie Hunt? Is she still alive? I don't Why would Bonnie Hunt not be alive? Oh, I haven't seen her in forever. I haven't seen her in forever either. Hold on. Hold on. Let's get crazy with this. Ooh. Yeah, they- Bonnie Hunt's still alive. Yours, mine, and ours by the audience has a 51% rating for cheaper by the dozen. I think it has the exact same rating. I'm looking this up, man. This is too important. It has a 56%. Holy crap, though. 700. Oh, my God. Why does it... There's so many reviews for Cheaper by the Dozen. Why is that the greatest movie of all time? Who has over a million views for Cheaper by So but Cheaper by the Dozen has 758,000 reviews. Yours, mine, and ours has 398,000. Mm. That's almost double for Cheaper by the Dozen because that's how much Yours, mine, and ours sucks. I just think people are sleeping on Dennis, Dennis Quaid out there, you know? They're sleeping on Don, John Pinasini. They're sleeping on Dennis Quaid. Uh, but that's our show for tonight. Thank you for listening to Balvard Radio. Thank you, Beyonce Knight Taylor. And